This is a Hot Pie Media Original. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It's professional therapy done securely online with a broad range of expertise, which might not be available in local markets. The services are available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and even send messages to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly online video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials. Visit betterhelp.com SSS. That's betterhelp.com SSS, the code for stop self-sabotage, and join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp help that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So don't forget the special offer for Stop Self-Sabotage listeners is to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com SSS. If you like Stop Self-Sabotage, check out another Hot Pie Media original, The Blueprint, brought to you by The Festive Kitchen, now offering comfort food hugs. Find them at www.festivekitchen.com. We know that something in our lives aren't working. And we also have a sense, I think most of us do, that we are somehow complicit in that. Yes. (laughs) That that it has something to do with us. So, um. Well, if you think about it, Oprah went and, and, you know, a number of people do this and we all need to, frankly. And to look at your life and what you want and be really clear and take responsibility for that because it's your dream and passion and vision and goal, not what other people think you should have. Right, exactly. And she did it, and gosh, look what happened. Yes, exactly. And and she turned her show around. Oh, yeah. And she's absolutely committed to being helpful. Mm-hmm. And she turned her health around as well. Don't tell anybody, but I watch it when I'm on the life cycle at the gym. Oh, that's great. Okay. No, no, I, I won't <laughs> tell anybody, except the 2,000 people who just heard it. So there you go. Dave Rice watches Oprah. There you go. <laughs> I, I TiVo her, you know, and then uh-huh. watch it later on. Um, okay. So we want to, um, uh, well, first of all, some people may not know who you are. So please tell us about okay. you and uh, as we get into starting this uh, session. All right. Um, I am a licensed uh, psychotherapist. I have a Ph.D. in psychology and a master's in marriage and family. Uh, I've been in practice here in Orange County for 20-plus years. Uh, previously to that, I was a youth pastor, and before that, I was a school teacher. Um, mm-hmm in a public school district, so I had a credential. Went to Pepperdine University and USC and International College. And I have two kids. One just got married. Oh, congratulations. And uh, so, you know, you, you get tested. My, my daughter used to say to me when we would argue and stuff, especially in junior high, well, so what are we going to do with this, Mr. Psychologist? Nah, 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 nah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, that, that, that could get your blood moving, blood boiling. And, of course, you have a ministerial background. Yes, too. yes. So yes. you have married psychology and theology. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful marriage. Yes. It really it is. is. And, it, and, it, and it works. The, there, there's a lot of good spiritual stuff that's psychological stuff, and there's a good marriage there. Absolutely. Okay. So we are taking this on very seriously to help everyone who's listening to this right. 
make sure that they get unstuck. Right. And in this session, we're going to call Help, I'm Stuck. Yes. So people building businesses all hit snags and stuck spots along mm-hmm. the way. We know that. That's normal. Yes. I understand you have a four-stage model of growth and development that parallels a business model of growth. And um, so why would be why would knowing this be helpful? Well, you know that we hire consultants and read books and attend seminars and listen to CDs and hire business coaches to help us through tough times and stuck places. And we've all done that. And we go through growth cycles and plateaus. And I was thinking about this once and thinking, you know, there's got to be a parallel there in our business as well as our personal life. And and as people hit plateaus and readjust and grow again through business, I, I was thinking, you know, we do that emotionally and psychologically. And a consultant will look at a business and determine the stage that the business is in. You know, there's a creation stage, a growth stage, a maturity stage, and then if they're not careful, a decline stage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in our businesses, it's that way as well. And I was thinking, you know, why not look at somebody's business and look at the issues they're struggling with, where they're stuck, um, where they feel overwhelmed, where they feel inadequate, where they um, feel challenged, and think about, you know, I wonder where, where deeper inside emotionally they're stuck. What is this business revealing to them about what's inside of them that needs some nurturing and some growth and some healing? Right, exactly. And and the four stages uh, are what? For? Well, um, the four-stage model is one that um, is really based on a developmental model of uh, of childhood, if you will. Um, let me let me let me back up and set that up a little bit. Um, okay. What aren't looked at? You know, as you and I coach people, we do, but, but in a lot of the books people read or the seminars, they go in, again, are the dynamics of what's going on inside of the person that's listening to me or reading this book. And the good news is, of course, we all had potholes. And so uh, the stuck, some of the stuck places would be, uh, before I get into the model, things like, I have this nagging feeling, I'm never quite doing it right. We all mm-hmm. have heard that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Or I don't know how to manage time well. Or people seem to take advantage of me or... I have a hard time saying no. Now, granted, there's a lot of books and CDs about this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mm-hmm. tend to get a little deeper. Or somebody says to you, Pat, I feel overwhelmed all the time, or gosh, I have a hard time asking for help, or it seems like everybody's got it together, or I'm not as respected as some of the people I want mm-hmm. to be, or gosh, I feel criticized a lot, things like that. And these are all the examples of stuck places. Oh, yeah. There's many, 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 many. Yeah, absolutely. And and if a person comes to me or you and, and makes one of those statements, we'll sit back and think, hmm, I wonder what stage they're stuck in, because then you know how to help them, what part of the business they're stuck in, and then emotionally, perhaps, what place they're stuck in. So mm-hmm. this four-stage business model, which is that, that I put together, is really, I didn't make it up. I've just kind of adapted it. It's based on on the developmental stages of growth that people hit. And each stage um, developmentally kind of builds in the other, and we have challenges and things in each stage to master. And the areas that you and I haven't mastered and, and, and people, they tend to come up later in our life and cause us some a little trouble. And we all have places we haven't fully mastered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And every stage has got a number of challenges, and we don't master them all. Right. We're imperfect people, and so we're always going to have some gaps and holes and maybe places that we didn't uh, didn't get loved and healed and helped and taught and trained. And that's true for everybody. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. So um, the stages, the first stage I put down is, is the connecting and trusting stage. Okay. 
which is what we're going to really talk about today, but I'll go through the four stages so people get a sense of what's coming up. Uh, really, it, it's the stage in which we're in a relationship. We want to belong. We want to feel desired. We want to feel secure. We want to ask the question, can I trust you to be there when I need you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the symptoms of that psychologically, uh, depression, um, a, a kind of a sense of emptiness, um, isolation or fear of being alone. Some people have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Kind of a pervasive sadness, um, mm-hmm. fears of being close and intimate, caretaking, get a lot of that and, and you know, kind of want to make everybody do well. Mm-hmm. Fear of anger, conflict, mm-hmm. you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. So that's the stage one, uh, the connecting and trusting stage. Got it. Okay. S- second stage is the ownership and choice stage. Okay. So the first stage is, and if you look at little infants and little kids, the first stage is in development. They feel connected. They feel trusted. Mommy and daddy are there when I need them. They enjoy me. I belong. My needs are good, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, stage two, the ownership and choice stage. We'll talk about this next time. Uh, this is where I develop a sense of my identity, myself. And every parent knows that when the little one starts to say no <laughs> or stop, yeah. ah, some separateness is going on in ownership. Right. You know, and the little, the little squirts uh, setting boundaries, which people need to do in businesses as well. This is my business. Uh, I need to own it. I need to have some responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. So the question in this stage psychologically is, can I stay attached to people close to me and still be myself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still have a sense, can I say no and still have somebody be connected and love me and can I do the same back? Mm-hmm. Some of the psychological symptoms there would be uh, people that have panic issues, um, codependency, of course, mm-hmm. caretaking again, mm-hmm. a resentment, um, a sense of feeling like I'm a victim or feeling overwhelmed, feelings of obligation, which mm-hmm. is a big one, mm-hmm. or people that tend to blame or those that can be irresponsible um, or over-responsible or, or impulsiveness, which is an interesting one. And we all have a little bit of that. Yes. And so... That's stage two. Stage three would be the reality stage. So we connect, we feel close, we build the business, we're getting in, there's lots of hope, we're feeling excited, we're learning, and so forth. Next step is we start realizing, wow, this is my business, I can make some choices with this, uh, I need to take ownership and move ahead. You know, as reality starts to hit there, stage three is the reality stage. It's, it's starting to cope with disappointment and some failure, and balancing the good and the bad, feeling good and feeling bad at the same time, failure and success. Mm-hmm. Kind of the ideal self or the bad self, as it said in psychology. Mm-hmm. And some people polarize that. Well, the fact is, we're bits of good and bad in terms of, um, I do this well, and this I don't do well. Right. You know, right. We all have that. Yeah. yeah. Some of those symptoms there, perfectionism, guilt, addictions, interesting, and work can be an addiction. Mm-hmm. Inability to tolerate weakness in, in yourself or other people, kind of an impatience. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes raging, people with just real anger, anger problems. Um, the feeling that I'm kind of always kind of bad, something's always kind of different or bad about me. Or, or a defensiveness that says, hey, you know, I'm kind of always right. Other people don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality stage where you've got to learn to balance the, the good and the bad, mm-hmm. you know, failure and success. And then the last stage is the maturity and competence stage. So if you look at this developmentally, uh, baby gets connected, feels safe, I belong, starts to move out, starts to walk away, feels, feels safe to go out and challenge the world a little bit, still can go back to mommy and daddy and so forth, has a little bit of ownership. Reality stage starts to hit, you know, they're two, three, four, five years old, and they're having to realize they don't 
people, not everybody in the world likes them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they don't do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so they're having to struggle to incorporate that. And then the last one is a sense of being mature and competent. This is the maturity and competence stage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they start to develop the real skills to be uh, a young person or young adult in the world and feel like an equal. Mm-hmm. Becoming a peer with adults, feeling equal, competent, making decisions, feeling like I can be influential and make a difference. And so some of those symptoms would be uh, fears of disapproval. Uh, or needs for approval, uh, fear of failure, need for permission a lot, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. competitiveness, always feeling like, gosh, people are always getting ahead, and wow, I just feel like I'm always behind, and I hate it when the feelings of inferiority, I never feel like, or um, idealizing people, oh, they're so amazing, they're so wonderful, I, gosh, I could never be like them. Mm-hmm. And of course, that Comparison and, yeah, comparing yeah. and despairing, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... You can tell which stage you're stuck in by the kinds of symptoms maybe you have or the kind of questions you might be asking or the issues you're struggling with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if it makes sense, you kind of back yourself in to kind of discovering, wow, you're kind of at stage two. And there's some things we can do to kind of kind of unearth that and explain it and things you can go do to begin to to grow that and uh, get over it, so to speak, and move ahead to the next stage, whatever that might be. And what we're really saying here, uh, Dave, is that um, these early developmental stages that every everybody goes through, you know, from zero to five or yeah. six, um, gets replayed many times yeah. over in our lives. Right. And right. so if you had uh, some disturbance, let's say, at the connecting and trusting stage when you were an infant, you may indeed feel the same kind of disturbance in your business or in your relationships now. Absolutely. So this is a way, like you said, unpacking your bags, you know, the baggage that we're carrying around and, uh, and repacking it. We're going to try to repack it a little bit better than we packed it before. Yes. Because, you know, when we first have these things happen to us, you know, children are victims to their environment many times. And so, you know, you, you don't have much power to right. change it then. Right. And then marriage is certainly a way that brings out some of these issues. And and so when I sit and listen to people, and you have too, and you hear some of the things they're saying like this, like in some of these stages, you sit there and think, hmm, I wonder if this person ever felt like they belonged anywhere. Or if they always felt like they had to, to work a little harder to get approval. Or if this person ever felt competent at anything, hmm. you know, or so forth. And then you kind of think of the developmental stage they might be in with their partner and kind of address the issues at that point. Mm-hmm. and help them move to the next stage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which then I started thinking, you know, I think that's true in, in business as well. Well, I do too, and I and I think that um, there are, like I said, uh, issues that crop up. I mean, yeah. if, if uh, you have a trust issue, mm-hmm. the, the fascinating thing is that you tend to go out there and attract people to your businesses that aren't tr- trustworthy. Right. And then you get to replay your issue over and over again. <laughs> that's right. You know, and so you go, well, you see, I was right. You know, I can't trust anybody because they said they were going to do it, but now that they, they don't. And, and as a friend of mine said, your, your, your people picker is, is broken. Your people picker is broken. <laughs> you're really the, and in some ways, with, as you're building a business, you know, you, you can choose the people, so to speak, you pick, but yet we're going to, as a phrase I heard once, you know, you, you believe in everybody, but waiting for nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, you you really want to talk to a lot of folks, but you still have to be 
somewhat discriminating because you're going to put a lot of your time and energy into people's lives and businesses. Well, yeah, this is a marriage of sorts. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you're marrying the wrong people, you're going to have a lot of, uh, you're going to have a lot of disappointment. Oh. Um, but I think part of it is our own attraction device. You know, are we mm-hmm. believing that people are trustworthy, thus attracting untrustworthy people? Mm-hmm. And if that's true, you know, then we, of course, need to, as everything, we need to start in ourselves healing that belief. Because not everyone is untrustworthy, of course. Uh, absolutely. Or we have the other the flip side, the naive side that says, oh, everybody's wonderful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I can trust them all. Yeah. You know, and uh, almost a, a, a naivete. And then when you get injured or hurt or let down, people quit all of a sudden. Right. And you've been pouring your life into them and they don't say a thing to you and they don't call you. And all of a sudden they're not coming to meetings and... Mm-hmm. You're not getting any response on the phone. Yeah. So today we're talking about stage one. Yes. So so elaborate for me. Tell us how this works in personal development and how it relates to business. Connecting and trusting. Stage one. Go okay. Ahead. Stage one. Well, first of all, let's let's talk um, a little bit about developmentally um, what stage one's about. When cause this is key. This lays the foundation um, for everything. When um, we enter a business, you know, somebody's introduced it to us or we found out about it or so forth, and then we talk to people and we get excited and we sit down with folks and we go to meetings and read books and trainings and things, we get excited and we start to trust. Mm-hmm. And this feels really good and we have lots of hope. Lots of hope. You bet. Mm-hmm. And you need to. Lots of hope. And as you're going in there, issues start to happen where maybe you start to struggle with feeling like, man, maybe I don't fit in or people aren't responding to me or, um, gosh, who wants to be in business with me or so forth. Then issues start coming up over a period of time and then people get overwhelmed or they quit or they think something's wrong with them or they try harder or whatever. And so our challenge is to help people sit back and look and say, hey, you know what, that's something you need to look at in yourself. Not that people aren't always doing those things because sometimes they are. But it's starting to surface some things in you. And so when you look developmentally like a baby, and people that are listening that have kids will understand this, the baby's born, it's connected, we kiss it and love it and feed it and take care of it and diaper it and take it places and enjoy it and smile with it and so forth like that. And as time goes on, the ability of a parent to caretake and be there when I need you and enjoy me and meet my needs lays a foundation for a sense, a good sense of feeling inside when I go into the world that people do enjoy me, people can be there if I need them, and the term, psychological term, is called object constancy. It's a big, fat term, which means I take all the good things from mommy and daddy and put them inside of me, and as I grow, when they're not here, I can kind of re-experience them even when they're not around. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to soothe yourself. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a little kid goes away to camp, and they're missing mom and dad, and they have pictures, and they write notes and so forth. Do they have the ability to comfort themselves and kind of remember or re-experience mom and dad inside their their emotional tummy, if you will? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the taking in of the good stuff mom and dad give. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we have that, 
we can kind of weather a lot of stressful times. Mm-hmm. Sure. If people aren't responding to us, we have enough good stuff inside to live off of, so to, so to speak. Yeah, and we can we cannot personalize it and say what's yeah. wrong with me. Yes. You can say you can you can have some objectivity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say, well, it's their choice, you know, mm-hmm. and and people do connect with me and people do trust me and I don't have to feel bad that one or two aren't responding. Right. Exactly. exactly. So what do you hear people say about their stuck places, Dave, well, when when they are calling you for counseling? Um, are you talking about in terms of counseling as a client or business coaching? Oh, both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's say somebody says to me, um, I, you know, I really don't think anyone wants to be in business with me. And you think, hmm, okay, I wonder what the developmental issue is there. Well, that tells me, Wow, I'm not worth it. I don't belong. I don't fit. I'm not um, doing it right. Yeah. Maybe I'm not a good leader. It, I hear that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, huh, I want one, you know, first, what stage could that be developmentally? And again, they all build on each other. So I think, you know what? I wonder how, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the areas in their life where they do feel like they fit in or they are worth it. And so as you probe a little bit and you realize this is not the only place at business meetings, for instance, or sitting down for coffee talking to somebody about their business, that they feel this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you start to expand it and ask them questions about, tell me a little bit, and people listening can, can think of this. You can journal and think, you know, what are some other times I struggled with feeling like I didn't quite belong or fit in? I can remember growing up instances for me, you know, when, when you get picked last for the basketball team. Oh, sure. By the mm-hmm. coach that. You so admire, you know, I was probably, I think I was eight. <laughs> mm, mm. But you remember those. Oh, sure. Kathy you know? Price. Kathy yeah. Price still. I know, I mean, it's taken me years of therapy to get over <laughs> Kathy Price. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And, you know, I overheard her telling somebody that I was just awful. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Here's the key is that happens. And it happens to everybody. If you have of, a, of enough of a self-soothing system inside of you and you've taken in enough good stuff from people that love you and are there, then, yes, it hurts. And it is disappointing. You can't talk that one away. But you can get through it. Right. And we, we call that a self-soothing system, an internal self-soothing system. Now, people, how do people soothe themselves? You know, when you watch babies rock or suck their thumb or so forth, that's kind of normal self-soothing system. Adults, you know, overeat, overwork, um, hide. Um, it's not very soothing. No, but you know what? It 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 probably feels better than the pain of not belonging. And so the the different soothing systems we have, they work harder, like you said earlier. So one of the phrases would somebody would say, "I don't think I, anybody wants to be in business with me." And I'm and I you and I might say, "Well, tell me about that. What what makes you feel that?" What's and they start describing certain things. And as you said, they they tend to personalize that because people have their own reasons. Oh, exactly. I mean, I can't believe the number of times you're, you're building a business, so to speak, and somebody gets pregnant or yeah. some, some one of the guys gets a new job. Yeah. And just when they're going great guns, and boy, that one's gone. Or their, or, or their uh, you know, their mother dies or, yes. or kids get sick or something. Yeah, or somebody gets a raise and all of a sudden Yahoo and they lose their focus or whatever. Things happen. Yeah, You know, absolutely. things happen. But if we take those personally, it is devastating. And That's why do I take them personally? What's my history with 
feeling like people don't want to play in the sandbox with me, so to speak. So, okay, I, if I'm listening to this and I'm saying, okay, that ta- I, I hear you, you're singing to me, you're singing, you know, you're singing my song. Mm-hmm. So what should I do? Should I journal about this well, day? Well, you what, let's, let's, let's hit a few more. Okay. And then go, go there. Okay. You're, you're going right where we want to go. Okay. Um, another phrase. Well, I, what I want to do is run through some of the things that you and I have heard and people have, that coach heard and people in their own businesses have heard their group say. Um, somebody might say, you know, I, I, I think I need too much help. I, I think I'm bugging people too much, especially, you know, as you're building your business initially, but even later. And you think, hmm, I wonder what's behind that. That's, that's really the question for people to ask themselves. When they have a statement or there's a feeling that they can put words to, yeah, I wonder, wonder what this is about. What, I wonder what's behind that. I'll tell somebody else, yeah, kind of unpack that or drill into that. What do you think, what comes to mind? With that, so somebody says, you know, I, I think I ask too many questions. I think I bug people. I think too much. I need too much help. I think, hmm. Well, my thought is, I wonder if they think their needs wear people out, mm-hmm. and people will leave them or ignore them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they might not be asking too much at all. Right. They have. That's probably it could be what's called a projection. I'm, <laughs> I'm putting that that thought or fear out there that people are thinking I'm too needy or I bug them, when in fact. They probably aren't, but I'm afraid I am because in other relationships, my needs drew people, you know, uh, people left. People weren't interested in hearing about my needs. Yeah, or they didn't respond or they would rather talk about theirs. So, gosh, maybe I'm maybe I'm too needy. And so you take that and you kind of unpack that one. So you take you take the early experience, let's say, of 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 asking mommy or or I mean, you've been around two or three year olds. I mean, they talk <laughs> constantly. It's just blah 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 blah, you know. And and um, they're always asking for this or asking for that. And parents get worn out, you know. Mm-hmm, I mean, do. I just spent uh, a weekend with our grandkids, you know, and mm-hmm. give me an hour and a half with those darlings, and I'm worn out. But um, but I get to turn them back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but um, so, you know, maybe they've heard no, 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 and and don't ask, and you need too much, and your oh, eyes are bigger than Absolutely. your stomach. That's what I think I, used to I had hear. a couple come in the other day, and um, she was, um, he was the oldest of two, and she was the oldest of seven. And guess who the, the, um, Oh gosh, the, the perfectionistic, overworking, codependent person was in that relationship. That was her. Mm-hmm. You know, she was the fixer, the doer. And does she have many of her needs met? No, she mm-hmm. she hardly even knows what they are. Right. But she knows how to take care of people, and she has an incredible heart. But mm-hmm. she was the oldest of seven in her family, or six, or something like that. You know, parents worked all the time. She kind of took over, and so her childhood was kind of cut short. Right. And exactly. so she doesn't quite know how to play, and he plays all the time, and so the resentment's starting to build. Mm-hmm. And because she doesn't give herself permission, you know, in other words, I need too much too. Would was she would say that if she was building this business, mm-hmm. building a business, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or she wouldn't say, I don't think anyone wants to be in business with me. She'd say everybody does, but then she'd take care of them all, and she'd be exhausted. Yes, and then she would say, but I need too much help, so you know, I'm going to help them. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. one would be, um, you know, somebody might say, you know, Pat, I, I really ought to be able to do these things more on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I, I should be a lot more um, capable and um, responsible and on my own feet, so to speak. And, you know, so you think, hmm, I wonder wonder what's behind that. What, unpack that for a minute. What, t- 
Tell me what that feeling's about. What's that remind you of? Yeah, well, and that's where we're going. We're yes. trying to connect it to your history. Yes. yes. So what unpacking means is go back and look at yourself and ask the important questions of where does this lead? Is this a recurrent thought or a recurrent feeling? Yes. Because yes. that's going to lead us. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when have I done this before? Because yes. most of the time we are creatures of habit. We're doing these these behaviors repetitively over and over and over, and that's what stuck means. Yes, absolutely. You know, right in that old, you know, uh, groove of, <laughs> you know, it's the same issue in another with another ribbon around. Right, it. another package, and and yeah. often we don't bother to think, gosh, what's this remind me of, or this is this familiar? Mm-hmm. You start asking people those questions, they may not get it the first time or second or third, but eventually, sometimes they're afraid to get it. Right. Because, gosh, I don't want to say people were bad or people did the best they could. Of course they did. Yeah. But, you know, you still have some areas that hurt you, like like everybody, and people do the best job they can. Whether it's good or bad, it's the best they could do at the time. Yeah. And and let's connect the dots. So uh, another one would be um, people in this business really don't care about me. They just want what I can do for them. I mean, you, you'll hear that one. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, gosh, that sounds a little cynical or what? But really, in a sense, you think there's a trust issue there. Right. Because again, this first stage is is the connecting and the trusting stage. And I think, hmm. So l- let's talk about that. And they'll they'll say, well, people are really just obligated to help. I don't really believe they want to. Or they're so, yeah, they're, they're obligated. obligated to say yes. Yeah. And you think, wonder wonder where that feeling comes from. Wonder what people in your life did you feel like really didn't want to or didn't have the freedom to want to be there or help you? People felt kind of obligated to to do for you, mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. care of you. Could be a brother, sister, aunt, uncle, parents, teacher, coach, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so they can't trust that people would really enjoy helping them and meeting their needs. So maybe they go back to say, "I don't need help. I can do it my own way." It kind of links back to the other one. And so the obligation issues is really big. And that's stage two, though. That's actually both. It's built. These are both built stage one and stage two. There's some a little bit of overlap. Here's a lot, yeah. The obligation would be stage two, but the sense of I'm afraid that people won't want to help me. They're only helping me to get something from me. There's a real trust issue. Yes. That, that yes. really people don't enjoy my needs, don't want to be there for me. Right. It's just something for them. Right. And, boy, that's something to unpack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, people are always telling me what to do and trying to control me. They're always telling me, this, do it this way, and do it this way, and do it this way, and you should try to... And I go, hmm, so you're, you're really feeling like you don't have a lot of freedom in, in input or making choices that, uh, you know, and you unpack that a little bit, and, and maybe you find out, first of all, that that's not always true, A, uh, but B, they'll say that, that my choices, you know, I, I've never been free to choose. People have always told me I was wrong, or I shouldn't choose, or I haven't felt respected or admired for my choices. One of the things I, I try to get parents to do with kids that I work with is, you know, your adolescent here has a good idea. You know, take it in from it. Let's listen to it. Right. And whether you agree or not, that's fine. But they're really talking about something that makes sense because kids want to feel respected. And not that we have to agree with them, but it's, but it's, I always wanted with my kids when they were teenagers to be able to go, huh, you know what? Didn't look at it like that before. That's a good idea. Uh, yeah. And how many parents... You know, listen enough to say that. Well, I, mean, I know that's that's a tough. That's and I always didn't do that either. But but when I I tried, and when I would, I really tried to hear it that way. Right. Um, my business is struggling, and I'm embarrassed. Yes. Hmm. Yes. you hear that one? These yeah. people have put all this time. I'm in failing. 
Yes. I'm a failure. Yes. And so you think, wow, okay. So obviously behind one of the things behind that is is a sense of embarrassment because I really want to do well. Yes. I'd love to be the next rock star here, but I would at least really like to do well, so they're proud of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You unpack that a little bit more, and there, there could be this pervasive sense of, of badness and failure, and I always let people down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't meet people's expectations or needs or, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, when we build a business, frankly, we're all there to help each other build our businesses and meet our needs. But you start unpacking that. Gosh, have you ever felt like you feel like you let people down a lot? Has that happened before? Or tell me about other times when, when that's happened. And unpack that one and, like you said, connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, I, I feel as if, and this is pretty much almost the same thing, I, I feel as if I'm always doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never doing it quite right. And yeah. Similar, but a little different. And, and somebody else, I mean, everyone else is doing it right, or a lot of them are doing it right, and yep. I just don't know what right, how to do it right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So yep. that's pretty isolating, isn't it? Oh, in fact, I want to hang on to that word because I want to come back to that. And so you unpack that with somebody, and one of the issues was is a sense of fearing judgment and criticism and disapproval. Mm-hmm. And you think, whoa, okay, let, wow, that's 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 strong stuff. Let's talk about that. And have people just kind of unpack that and, like you say, connect the dots and go back. And, you know, when else did that happen? What other times did you feel that? And here's the dilemma with that one. Oftentimes people, as I said earlier, won't want to go back and, and kind of talk about that in their life because they don't want to feel judgmental on other people. Mm-hmm. They'd rather just make it their bad. Mm-hmm. No, it was really just me. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough one um, because they don't want to come across disapproving and critical themselves, but they certainly feel it. And to be able to help them have permission to think what they think and feel what they feel, you're not being critical, judgmental. You're just talking about what you're feeling, right? what your experience was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you have to. Here's the yes. thing. You know, people need to hear. You have to talk about it to get through it. It doesn't just magically lift. Yeah. And uh, I think I think people really need to hear that, and that keeping it in is just a ticket to feel worse and worse. It's it's the phrase that I've heard, you know, you can't heal what you can't reveal and feel. Right. And and that's true here. And uh, you know, as we're going through these, I hope hope uh, those listening are are thinking about. And and some of these won't hit some people listening. This is probably maybe not a stage a lot of them struggle with. But well, well, can't we have a little bit on every stage? Oh, absolutely. Well, they will. But, yeah, I mean, but we, I, I, yes, I certainly do. Well, and, and as I'm writing some of these, I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I can struggle with that one. That one can pop its head up every once in a while. Yeah. Not as much as I used to, because hopefully I'm a little wiser and grown. But, but it can happen. Yeah, sure. Um, so you mentioned um, isolating. Um, the the we are certainly designed to be relational people and to be connected. And so the opposite of connection is isolation. Mm-hmm. And all these have with them kind of a factor of isolating mm-hmm. and feeling alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're cut off from others, our, our souls, so to speak, become starved for the need for love. And so people, that hunger goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we develop something to to connect with. Mm-hmm. It could mm-hmm. be food, substances, work, our kids, mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then we get farther away from sensing what it is that we really needed in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's why you know people that are that have addictions and they're trying to break them. Um, they've got to face what was empty in the first place. Right, and yeah. this is huge with food. Yeah, and, and a lot of people I talk to struggle with food. Yeah, food, money, 
Um, your kids, your kids doing well. Uh, but yeah, food especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can think about it. It is the one of the first soothing, comforting things that happens in our life. Right. Right. You know? And we all have to face it every day. I can, if I was an alcoholic, I'm not. But if I was, I could stop drinking. Mm-hmm. But boy, I have to face that food. You have to people. eat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is the whole point. I'm just to use Oprah again. Of uh, I just read an article in her a magazine about how she's really taken on her weight issues now. She's mm. she's stopped uh, dealing with just calories and and really started with the deeper questions of what am I trying to chase? Mm. What am I trying to fill? Why do I need to do this? And basically, what she came to is that I give too much to other people, mm-hmm. and that this is how I. Uh, you know, uh, soothe myself. Just yep. exactly what you're talking about. That's how she connected. Right. In other words, if I stop giving and doing, I'll lose the connection. People will leave. You know, and that's that caretaking thing. Or, um, or you're exhausted from doing it. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. uh, gravy and mashed potatoes are pretty filling, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's a quick fix. Yes, right. Um, okay, now let's get to, because I know we're going to wrap this up here in a minute, yes. but let's get to how do we grow these things? How do, do we, we heal do? these? What's well, the questions? There's some questions we need to ask ourselves. Well, okay? First of all, if you think, if you realize that, that at this stage, it's a lack of, of feeling connected and close and comfortable inside and soothing and having those relationships in our life. In other words, being isolated. Mm-hmm. And all those issues are more of an issue of isolation and tr- lack of trust. Then the solution overall is to reconnect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is scary. And so the, the, the goal is to, is to begin to bond and attach versus isolate. And so... It's not rocket science. It's just tough to do. I think, first of all, as we said, people need to start journaling. Mm-hmm. And as they're in their business and they think, you know, what am I struggling with? What are some of the issues that I'm feeling and thinking about? And then kind of start jotting them down. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they, whether it's one by one or they'll, usually they'll pick a theme. There'll be, a, there'll be an overall theme that's connected to all those issues. Mm-hmm. And it could be based on this one, just feeling close and good enough and connected and safe and trusting. And start journaling. And see if they can't pull out a theme and then ask themselves, as you said earlier, you know, what's this remind me of? Um, when else has this happened in my life? Where else, where else have I felt this? Is this familiar? When else yes. did you feel, yes. when else did I feel Absolutely. this? Have I felt this before? Mm-hmm. Is it a, is it a repetitive process? Mm-hmm. And if it is, you know, and sometimes there are things that just happen, but if it is, then that is a real key to your history. Absolutely. And that what we're seeing then is that we're getting the bleed through from our history to our present. Yes. And those are, those are the stuck places that are the hardest and the most important to resolve, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And, and it, you think of this, if some of these injuries or, or lack of things as well growing up happen in the context of relationship uh, or lack of relationship, they can only be healed in the context of a relationship. Yeah, if people hurt you, other people will heal you. Right, exactly. And you got to keep coming back. I mean, you, it, it, it's like I, I'll tell somebody, that, an alcoholic guy that I was struggling with the other day, about drinking, and I said, you know what, you won't, you can't get sober by yourself or alone. You have to do it by yourself. You, in other words, it's his responsibility to do. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to do the work and the growth, but you can't do it alone. Right. And right. it's the same thing here. So the first thing is to start doing some writing, and whether you get away or whatever you can do, if you have little kids, is tougher. 
but maybe you write a little bit every day. But start kind of connecting the dots with your business issues. And then the, the, the next one is to reach out to somebody. There's got to be somebody, and they don't necessarily have to be in your business. It, it would be, if it's a business issue, that would be nice. Uh, somebody in a support team, or it could be a best friend, it could be a therapist, could be a coach, could mm-hmm. be a pastor, mm-hmm. neighbor, aunt, uncle, somebody that you're willing to take a risk with. I had a, a young woman I was working with in her mid-20s, and she had left a job and kind of just left the job but didn't really tell people she was leaving. She was in the educational field and has felt kind of embarrassed by that and wanted to, you know, wants to reconnect with people but feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bonding issue. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, what will they think of me? They won't love me. I just really, and now it's really cool that she's calling some people up here and spending some time talking with them and saying, you know, I just really kind of dropped the ball in that and you were a good friend and I'm really sorry. I'm just having some real struggles in my life with relationships and whatever. And, um, and she's getting some great responses. It just shocks her because they're all in her head. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, she was replaying a lot of old tapes in her head mm-hmm. out there and then just withdrawing from people. And now she's starting to reconnect. She's taking a risk. She's done some journaling. She's taking taking risks with people, picking up the phone and saying, hey, here's where I'm at. This is what's going on. And by and large, she's getting some great results. That's wonderful. It's starting to soothe her. Yeah. And, and the soothing comes from taking the risk and finding out that your worst thought isn't true. Yes, it's the, it's the, the projections and the distortions that we have. And that's, that's one of the other ones is to challenge your distorted thinking it, because it blocks us from, relate, from relating to others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was learned in the context of a relationship and needs to be unlearned the same way. You know, people can't be trusted. People won't want me. People think I'm crazy. People will think I'm not smart enough. I can't do this business. I'm to this, to that, whatever. And you're going to find out that most of the time, people will go, really, you think I think that? Yeah. What wow, are you talking kidding. about? Yeah. yeah that's, that's... No, I think that's you thinking that. I yeah. don't think that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and now now what do we do with that one? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it is me. Wow, that's hallelujah. Well, that's called a that. breakthrough. You know, and all the research I know is that for every psychological breakthrough you have, your income goes up 25%. Ooh, I like that one. That's called a breakthrough. Whoa. Yeah. And um, what and one of the things I've found, uh, Dave, you know, I do a lot of business coaching. Yes. And I'm doing it in group. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding the curative power of group is exactly oh. this because yep. people are connecting and trusting. And sometimes these are people who don't know each other. They've, they've never met. They're in the same business. But um, but the, what the overall consensus is they're so relieved to hear that other people have issues. Yes. Because it's that overwhelming feeling of isolation that it's just me. Well, look, you know? your, your group creates a sense of family. It does. And yep. so it starts to do do some of the repairing, mm-hmm. you know, that they need mm-hmm. and, in the context of that. And uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, you know, as Solomon said, there's really nothing new under the sun. Right. You start going, they feel that and they feel that. And oh, my gosh. And all of a sudden, the load feels a little lighter. So people, uh, they journal. They challenge their distorted thinking. They can do that in journaling. They reach out for somebody. Pick somebody. And... Call them up or drop by or write them a note or whatever you need to do and say, I, I would love to buy you coffee. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked in a while. I'm just working on it. And most people, most people will really be... Um, Honored. Yes, thank you. That's the word I want. Honored. Go, wow. 
Wow, you care enough about me to yeah. want to g- give me the gift of yep. some confidence. Yep. You know, you think enough of me to want to sit with me and, and talk. And that most people will really, and the ones that that don't react to it, you, you don't want them in your life. Right, right. You know? that, that's a symptom of your old issues, yes. probably. Give, give them you know, a, a, you've, a wife. You've chose, you've, you chose. It was a bad people pick. You know, <laughs> yeah, or, bad people picker. Yeah, yeah. Go back and bad. try it again. Um, um, another one. Got two more, and okay. then we need to wrap up. One is, and it kind of fits into the others, take risks by letting others matter to you. That's nice. Yeah. And it really by doing what we're just talking about, um, that will do that. You matter to me. Because that is risky. Because you may not matter to them. And sometimes that happens. It happens mm-hmm. in dating. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and families. It, it does happen. We have to, we've got to learn to deal with the disappointment of that. But you're not going to get anywhere if you don't take that risk. Mm-hmm. And that means being interested in others as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking risks, learn some new relational skills. There, Dr. Phil's got a book on, on skills, relational skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, let others matter to you, as I've said. Be interested in others. Take some risks there. Um, here's one is recognize when you get defensive. Hmm. What do you mean by that? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're going to do that to me again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that. What are you talking about? You know what? Uh, that's a very interesting um, thing that you just said because, um, you know, notice your resistance yeah. because whatever you resist persists, you know, and it, it's fascinating what gets your dander up. And as soon as you notice that, not that there's, there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting your dander up, you know, but it's interesting if you notice what it is. You know, I notice, uh, for me, it's stupid things that people do. I mean, and I don't mean stupid in in the way of um, emotional. I'm very nurturing on the emotional level. But like like people that I that I pay money to to do things, and then yeah. it comes back and it's totally done wrong. And, you know, gardeners who don't know anything about plants. And right. I, I mean, it's just, right. I, and I'm forever annoyed <laughs> <laughs> by buying a service and getting, you know, just crud back. I yep. don't know. But you know, we all have our little buttons. Everybody does. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what stage that was. It was the not being helped stage. <laughs> what? Oh, that's stage five. Oh, we okay. we got to get that one. You okay. know, w- w- getting defensive and part of a defensiveness can be when you say to somebody like, Pat, you were, you did such a great job tonight at that meeting. Oh, no, you know, uh, da, 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 da. That's devaluing something. Devaluing, or, yeah. I have to say to you, gosh, Pat, you know what? You didn't call me back, and um, I really needed to hear from you. Well, you know, I was busy. Yeah. You know, and, and you start to feel condemned and criticized and throw up excuses or something. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's a thing called reaction formation where if I'm angry at somebody, I become I, – I, I can't handle that, so I, I become very solicitous and nice. You know, I'm actually hiding it. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand it, which which is another issue here is become comfortable with anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because our biggest fear is if we're angry, we lose the closeness and the attachment. And, oh, my gosh, we have to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. Or we use anger on the flip side to stay alone and isolated. I don't need anybody. That would be the, the, the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. So the defensiveness, you know, things like denial. Projection is a defense. You know, I know you think that. I know they all think that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, everybody you know? thinks that about me. Right, right. Yeah. And that's a little bit... Every, everybody ain't think about you, you know? No. And, uh, and sometimes you'll say that to somebody, they go, I know. They realize, you know, I know I do that. And then the last one I would say is really learn to be empathetic with people um, because empathy is where you start to give to people in a way that you need. 
and not everybody needs it, but people love to be empathized with. You know, That's I, right. Yeah. And people like to hear, I'm sorry. You know, I have a friend who's very, very sweet. And anytime I tell her anything that may not be going right in my life, she just genuinely says, you know, I'm just really sorry. You have to deal with that. Mm. And yeah. it, and it fi- fills my heart. It's just such a sweet thing to say. It's soothing, isn't it? Yeah. She can't fix it, you know, if right. it's, you know, something in my family or something, you know, right. when most of the time we can't fix it. No. But just to hear that somebody cares yeah. and will say, I'm really sorry you're having to go through that. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's very healing. Well, and it's what we we really have needed to hear most of our life and be able to give. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got to, and that's my point about being empathetic, we've got to really cut it both ways. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, as people listen to this, you know, some of these things will ring true, some won't, but you'll have some people in your business that... It will hit them between the eyes, or in your life. Yes, in your, your husband, yes, your children, absolutely. your uh, your right. wife, your best friend. Mm-hmm. You know who constantly dates and never uh, is able to find anybody to really commit to. You know, or whatever it is. So, um, okay, this is our first one. Help, yes. I'm stuck. All right, journal. Ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Get some. And and once you ask the questions, you don't have to have the answers. No, you don't. You really actually don't have to have the answers at all. Yeah. Uh, part part of this this stage has more to do with being there and being to be vul- being able to be vulnerable and have people respond and put your thoughts and feelings and needs out, and then finding one or two people, you know, who will sit and do what your friend does. Because I'm so sorry. Let's talk about that. Suggest a book to read or maybe a seminar to go to would help. But you know, if you're not sitting down with somebody and making somebody letting somebody matter to you. Right, exactly. being vulnerable, it, it won't work. Exactly. And and everybody has. There, there's always going to be somebody who would be willing to do that. Yes, but you, you may have to ask, and you oh. may have to look, and you may have to take a risk. Yep. You may have to say, "Hey, I, I, come here and give me a hug." Yeah. Let's have lunch. I really miss you, and, and want to catch up. And and sometimes, what you might need to do is say, "You know, Pat, let, let's spend some time, and I want to really hear about your life and how you've been doing." So we might go out to lunch, and you might say, "Well, Dave, I didn't hear anything about you." Well, then let's next time you can hear about me. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can divide it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dave, we've heard a lot today from you. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been stuff. great, as always. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.